0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, vice president of CXM, of and retired global CX executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bob Keipel. Hi, Bob. Great hey. to see you. Um, I'm really excited today, Bob, because we we get to welcome someone uh, whose path you might have crossed crossed while at General Motors, Dan Monk. Uh, Dan is a vice president of e-commerce for Nissan Motor Company USA. Welcome to the show, Dan.
2: Thank you, Tom. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, it's good to have you, and it's good to have a fellow car guy here on the Uh, show. So let's dive right into it. Um, And we seem to always talk about COVID, but it's a big deal in business. And due to the COVID pandemic, we've seen a lot of major automotive companies taking steps, everybody, to create a contact-free process, including the customer's online experience. Now, my understanding is that Nissan started the digital sales process well before the pandemic. So can you tell us a little bit about your understanding of consumer behavior and just how it led to your initiatives?
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, Bob. Um, yeah, we started—we actually started looking at the world a little bit differently well before COVID. Um, back in 2019, actually, um, we started breaking down, what we say, breaking down the world according to the customer lens. And we started looking at it in, in the lens of the customer journey. And everything we, we broke down everything from seven journeys, basically from choosing my vehicle to experiencing a seamless test drive to making confident financial decisions, onboarding to ownership, manage my drive on the go, getting after sales service. And then the seventh one kind of thread throughout all of the journeys is this shopping through e-commerce. And our whole goal there was Again, to kind of um, identify the pain points that exist um, with consumers in, in trying to accomplish whatever goal they're trying to accomplish in that journey. Um, identify those pain points and look for ways to, um, to solve for those pain points. So that was back in 2019. And we essentially um, then put journey managers um, kind of assigned each one of these journeys. That is really the customer advocate across those journeys, across those pain points, and really kind of across driving towards the the customer goals that we're trying to achieve in each one of those journeys. It was at that time that you know um, e-commerce shopping through e-commerce because it was kind of thread through all of that. We really started to look uh, hard at e-commerce as well. And in fact, a little personal story. Um, at that time, uh, my oldest son was off to college, I think a sophomore in college and he needed a vehicle. And, and I'm like, you know what? This is a good time for me to be a customer and to purchase the vehicle um, online um, through kind of the, the at the time, kind of the, the entity that had the most reputation for online sales. So I purchased a used vehicle online, um, experienced it firsthand as a customer. And with that experience, um, I was really blown away. I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, as a customer, right? Um, I I wouldn't want to do this any different in the future. Um, so I experienced it once as a customer. I'm like, I I would want to purchase all my vehicles this way. Um, so that we really kind of took to heart, kind of viewing the the um, the world through the lens of the customer, right? And that kind of what initiated us on the um, e-commerce approach and really kind of this full end-to-end um, uh, transactional. Um, aspect of, of e-commerce that we've developed and, and, and had since launched. Um, so this, this was well before COVID, but then COVID kind of accelerated the, the launch and the um, really go to market of this. Um, but th- that's kind of the genesis. So it, it, was, it wasn't just kind of um, COVID is what drove us here. It was really kind of a change in philosophy back in 2019 of viewing the, the world through the lens of the customer.
1: Well, thanks for that, Dan. And um, I have to tell you, I've bought um, my past two cars online, and it was largely because I didn't want to endure the dealer um, salesperson gauntlet. Um, But both both were really positive. I I hate to say the last one wasn't a Nissan, but um, given what I've seen about your totally electric uh, SUV that's coming out soon, I think my next one might be a Nissan. Uh, but, um, you know, you brought up the pandemic. Um, I'm I'm glad to see you guys had the foresight beforehand, um, to enact the measures that you did to offer a a contact-free online experience. What, what impact if any, did the pandemic have in accelerating these efforts in delivering a contact-free sales process?
2: Yeah, I think, um. The biggest impact I would say was probably just in the overall appetite for adoption through the network, mm. right? Because uh, like any anything like this, it, it, it's really change management one on one, right? You've got to you've got to work with your dealer network um, and, and change behaviors, um, and and uh, the dealers have always been always been center of our strategy on this, um, and and you've got dealers that are very advanced in their thinking on this, and it was they're early adopters, and you got other dealers that maybe um, are, are tiptoeing in this and and other dealers that maybe are laggards like anything, but I think the COVID really kind of helped accelerate that. I I always like to say, uh, there's no science behind this, but I think the industry in general probably accelerated five years in the adoption of of e-commerce and online uh, tools just because of COVID, because I I think we quickly found out that, well, we can do this uh, in the industry and it's what the customer wants um, and, and it's actually, um, not as scary as what we think it is, um, from an industry standpoint. And, um, so it really, it really did accelerate our adoption and it also helped us form our strategy of Nissan at home. Um, mm-hmm. because we, we really wanted kind of a complete solution for consumers, um, and not just kind of buying online. Um, but Nissan at home, it really has four components in it. There's uh, shop at home, which is largely a lot of the tier one, call it research that you would normally do um, on on the vehicle. Um, But then you get into more of the transactional aspects um, of Nissan at home, which are um, the buy at home, which is the full end to end purchase um, uh, of of a vehicle. Um, But there's also drive at home, which is the anytime, anyplace test drive. So bring a test drive to your door, um, to your work location, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, kind of the, I I always like to say it's the, um, it's the ease of open table from a consumer standpoint and the visibility of Uber. We're trying to combine those things into this test drive experience where you can easily make a reservation. You can see the the vehicle coming to you. You can, you know, be introduced to your test drive specialist uh, through, through that as well. Um, and then uh, service at home, which is a service, um, really valet drop off, um, pick up and drop off. Um, same kind of mentality mm-hmm. of ease of booking your service, uh, next service appointment, have your vehicle picked up at your home, um, have it brought back to the service department and have it returned to your home, right? So, so it's this complete package really from a consumer standpoint that we wanted, that we're going to market with with Nissan at home and it's all of these products. Um, we, we talk the most about buy at home because it is very revolutionary in the full end-to-end purchase. Um, but we also have drive at home and service at home um, that is equally as impactful to the consumers.
1: Yeah, particularly when you look at the life cycle of, of the customer, right? And and I know it's always been my impression that most automotive companies don't do a real good job of um, managing the relationship after the purchase. And um, I'm really happy to hear that you guys address that. And, you know, one of the, I'm sure one of the natural questions for most people is, well, how do you, you know, how do you, how do, how, how do people buy cars that they've never driven? So the idea of scheduling that and actually having somebody bring it to your home. Um, yeah. So I don't have to worry about that sales gauntlet anymore the dealership. Um it 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 sounds more like a concierge service. So that's really that's good to hear. That's really cool. I'm
0: I'm interested in the whole dealer angle of this stuff. Um oh, there's and a, probably the, the general I'm, motors in yeah I'm a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> but one of the things uh that comes to mind is um you know manufacturers sell to dealers and then dealers sell to customers and dealers in a lot of cases are multiple franchise operators mm-hmm. so given that you know if if I'm a I'm a dealer and I'm a pretty important guy in my mm-hmm. town and I've got Nissan but I've also got you know your competitors and whatever other brands how do you um, keep it so you know how how has that been received by them do they see this as an, an overlay or do they uh, use that technique that they learned from Nissan into their other brands or how do you sort of manage that whole thing? Because dealers see themselves as the brand in a lot of cases. Yeah, no,
2: that's a good point, Bob. Um, and, and we do, one of the things that, you know, we are, we, we truly feel like the next um, um, really front co- to compete on is customer experience, right? And, and so, and we think that we have um, really a step ahead in the customer experience in, in totality and that we can really use this as a brand differentiator. The brand differentiator means that we can attract maybe new customers to the brand and thus the dealers um, based on this experience. Um, and we see that all the time, right? People will make decisions based on the experience that they are expecting to get or that they may experienced and they tell 10 friends about it. Um, and so we're looking at it as a, as a way to grow the brand. From the dealer standpoint though, um, we're also making sure that we keep the dealer in the center and what I mean about that is that, like you said, I mean, we sell cars to the dealers. The dealers represent us in the local market. They know their local market better than anybody. Um, and we're making sure that the dealer um, really control is at the center of this. And, and as the, um, the franchise or I think we're really kind of saying we're putting the tools in the hands of the dealers to meet the customer's needs. Um, you know, maybe not too much different than if you look at any franchise model out there. Um, you know, the, the franchise or is, is really trying to set up the franchisee for success. Um, and, and that's really what we how we view this is that we want to keep the dealer at the center. They have full control. If I'm in the buy at home platform or the driver service at home platform, they have full control of that, meaning their inventory, their pricing, the F&I products they offer. Um, if there's any extra fees that they charge, um, et cetera, they have full control over that. Um, And but along with that, they also get full visibility of the consumer actions in the platform. So you're combining kind of this full control that they have with full visibility of what the consumer is doing online. It becomes an extension of their showroom. And so we're really kind of positioning to the dealers and, and educating the dealers that these are tools to help you take your business digitally to the customer. Right. And and so and, and the, the beauty about an enterprise platform that we're doing is that if each dealer tried to do this themselves, there would be gaps that they wouldn't be able to, to fill, right? Whether that be all of the different various incentives that, that are involved in a transaction, all the various lenders um, that maybe are to choose from uh, F&I products, et cetera. We have a platform that actually incorporates all of that and we're able to do it on scale because we can we can set it up once for the enterprise and every dealer can can benefit from that. Um, so the dealers have actually um, once they kind of um, understand the control that they still have in this and that that it's it's really kind of just providing a turnkey solution for them to take their business digital. They're really embracing it. They're, they're really jumping on board with it.
1: So. Um... Dan, is, is some of this a, re, um, a reflection of the Amazon effect, both in terms of changing consumer expectations, as well as sounds like there's a realization on the dealers and that, you know, consumers want to do things in a different way. And it's either either you start doing it or, or you're going to have to get out of the way.
2: Yeah, I think it is that, um, Tom. And I think um, what we talk to the dealers a lot about are the the changing customer needs, right? And it's not that the needs are changing, but the customer fundamentally is changing, right? Mm-hmm. Millennials now are the largest generation in the, in the US, right? Millennials are the first digital native generation. Um, last year, according to JD Power, they bought the most vehicles, new car vehicles, new, new vehicles mm-hmm. in the industry. So the consumer themselves is changing, right? And, and, and so they were brought up differently always, you know, always, um, um, really kind of, um, digital first, um, and right behind them is Gen Z and, and by 2030, 50% of the population will be either millennial or Gen Z, right? The, the, the two digital native generations. So we're having a lot of those conversations with the dealer network and, and saying, you know, the, your, your largest audience in the past was baby, baby boomers, right? That was your largest, um, and, and, and at that, you know, at that time, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of digital appetite, maybe from that audience, right? Today's audience, today's customers, they've got that, that's 100% focused on digital. So we have to change with the customer. And so just keeping laser focused on who the customer is and what those customer needs are, um, I think that's really what um, what the dealers are starting to understand and, and really embrace.
1: So, so what's what's been the consumer response to the f- fully digital sales process as opposed to a more in-person sales process? Uh, do you fall short in in any areas in terms of traditional consumer expectations?
2: Yeah, um, what we've seen is that the first consumers, um, at first they don't... Um, believe how much they can do online right that it's kind of new for them right mm-hmm. and and so they will go and, and I always say it's not that um, whether or not a consumer does 100% online it's it's the fact that they're able to if they want to mm-hmm. right and each consumer has a jumping off point where they maybe need a little bit more help on something right and and so the um, the, the the feedback has been positive from the consumer but what's key though is, the most important aspect is this online to offline transition. Because mm-hmm. for the majority of the consumers, that still happens. More, I mean, the vast majority of the consumer, that still happens, right? And what the consumer doesn't want to do is to start something online and then have to repeat themselves when they come into the dealership or when they call the dealership, right? That's the last thing they want to do. So we've been able to kind of um, really get around that from a standpoint of, When the customer does come online we ask them to set up a nissan account and what that allows them to do is to save their work Um, so they have a vehicle garage that they can actually okay i worked i looked at this car i played around with some payments i'm going to save that Um, maybe they go to another different vehicle and they save that too and it's essentially for their benefit it always allows them to come back and save their work now from a from a dealer standpoint Um, It allows the dealer to pick up right where the customer left off because when the dealer comes in or when the customer comes in or if the customer calls the the dealer, customer indicates I've done some stuff online. Oh, great. Let me look to see. Oh, yeah, I see that you were looking at this Nissan Rogue and you were looking at a, you know, 72 month APR and you've got a trade in of this. Great. Um, You know, what questions do you have for me? Um, And and they can pick up right where the customer left off. And I think that's the most critical thing um, because it's it's not about. about a customer going from end to end online. It's about them going as far as they wanna go and then have a seamless transition to the physical environment when they want to, if they want to.
0: I was gonna, I was gonna talk to you about how do you address shortfalls, but I, I think you kind of touched on that. So I wanna just ask you um, where you get your energy and inspiration from because it's very clear that you know in the world of CX there's a lot of salesmanship going on uh out to the your own organization mm-hmm. about you know doing this stuff that sometimes people think is squishy. Um so and dealers can be tough too. So mm-hmm. you know how, how do you what's a what's a key way of sort of getting people to buy into this new stuff that they see.
2: Yeah it's uh what what I always go back to mm-hmm. um I always go back to the customer. I, I have yet to mm-hmm have anybody Mm -hmm. kind of um, challenge that, well, no, the customer, we don't want to do that. The customer doesn't want that. Right. Um, Because Mm -hmm. when you, everybody's a consumer in their own life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and everybody kind of has their challenging experience, consumer experiences with brands and, and whether it be online or in person. Right. And, and, and I think uh, when you bring it back to the consumer and when you bring it back to consumer just wants to do a, B and C, this solves for that. And, then people start to understand. So I think it's, um, I guess, where I get my motivation and, and help to kind of um, steer the conversation is through that lens of the customer and really just bringing people back to that and, and bringing people back to, is that an experience you would want to experience, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or is that, an, or, or would that you would want your family to experience, you mm-hmm. know, your loved mm-hmm. ones to experience mm-hmm. or, or is there a better experience that you would want them to experience, you
0: know?
1: That that's smart, and I'm I'm thrilled to hear you embrace that, and you're actually able to use it. Um, and and those are two very different things, and be successful in the organization. So um, it it looks like we have a new future here when it when it you know when it comes to buying automobiles online, and and maybe the pandemic has really helped to solidify that. Um, Given the changing marketplace due to Nissan at home and similar competitor offerings like Carvana, uh, to what extent do you envision customers embracing this this online model? Is this a flash in the pan? Are we going to go back? as consumers to the you know what 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 are what do you sense based on your success so far?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think consumers are going to embrace. Um, the initiation of the of the purchase um, online, and then then and then over time, how deep they go into that will change. Like we're like today, you know, there's maybe ten percent of the consumers that will do a full end to end. Five years from now, that could be twenty percent. You know, ten years from now, that could be thirty percent. So I think what will change over time is really kind of the the comfort level of the consumer to do that full end-to-end will change mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the fact of starting offline and then having a seamless transition, or online and having a seamless transition offline, I see that continuing um, continuing to grow. And partly because the, the consumer base is changing, right? And, and so the buying power is going to be with millennials and Gen Zs, and they're going to want that, or they already want it. They want it today. They're gonna to want it even more. And and you see outside of uh, the auto industry, things continue to evolve from an experience standpoint. So, the auto industry isn't immune to that. You know, we're we're playing catch up in a lot of in a lot of times um, compared to other industries. Now
1: well, it seems like the greatest potential for revenue growth is going to be in that service piece. What do you perceive to be? You know, looking at that fourth quadrant, you know, in terms of managing customer loyalty. Um what do you perceive as the challenges in being successful there and 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 where do you see how you guys have designed it, really making it work?
2: Yeah, I think the um there's there's whole there's the whole logistical component. Of when you get into service at home and then you get into kind of the the pickup and drop off, right? and mm-hmm. and that's the maybe the the biggest thing that uh, a dealer has to solve for is the logistics of that. Do they, Do they want to use their own staff to do this pickup and drop off? Do they want to hire outside staff to do it? How does that work? Um, Do they employ full-time people to do it? Do they do it on a per-trip basis, et cetera? But what we have seen in our initial results on this is that from a consumer standpoint, when you offer that type of service and they're not sitting in your dealership waiting on their service to be done, Mm And 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 when you you know text them with their with their inspection results and and you're suggesting that they do two or three more you know maintenance items, that they are actually eighty um, uh, percent more likely to to agree to those items, and drive more customer pay revenue to the dealer. So we're actually seeing from a from a dealer standpoint, there's a huge economical uh, um, I guess benefit there to offer these types of services. So it's kind of a win-win, the consumer gets the convenience, but the consumer is also willing to pay for these things from a standpoint of um, maybe through uh, approving additional services, um, you know, because they're not there waiting for the vehicle. And, and it's just easier for them to say yes to this, this or this, if they're not there waiting for the vehicle.
1: Well, and I would imagine, um, I would, and you don't need to share this number with us, but I, I would imagine as an organization, you track what percentage of car buyers actually come back and get their vehicles serviced there. And I imagine that number drops off quite considerably because, you know, frankly, most dealerships haven't been relationship focused. Um, and that a model such as your own could, could actually really, you know, I imagine that number is going to grow exponentially. And, I mean, you you've talked about expenditures but if you think about the lifetime value of the customer, and able yep. to and able to keep those customers, that's got to be incredible. And and just to watch that number grow through this this platform is going to be fun.
2: Yeah, and I think um, you're right about it's been you know dealers have different success levels of. Keeping customers loyal to service, and and one of the bigger fa- biggest factors is really from a consumer standpoint convenience, right? Mm-hmm. How they view going to the dealership is is it convenient for me to do that or is it not convenient for me to do that? If I have to drive by three Jiffy Lubes to get to the dealership and I have to wait there and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, it's not very convenient for me. But if I can just on my phone say, yeah, come pick up my vehicle at four o'clock uh, today and and return it to me, that's extremely convenient. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so I think that alone, in fact, we've seen some, we, we survey our, the customers going through these services and ask them about their experience. And, and um, again, the large majority of the, of the uh, consumers say that it influenced their decision to have service at that dealership because that service was offered, that pickup and drop off was offered. It's that convenience factor, right? Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great. And that's exciting. And I I can't wait to watch it. Um, And I'm hoping in the near future, I can experience it personally because I am, I am serious about that full EV uh, SUV you've got coming out. It looks exciting. Um,
2: That's the Aria. We'd be happy to put you in an Aria. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm sure you would. I'm sure. would. I'm sure. Well, I just pre-bought, I just uh, pre-bought a, um, Toyota RAV4 um, PHEV for my wife because she loves her RAV, RAV4s and I I had to it's being produced in Japan on August 27th and I'll get it early in October. I guess, I guess that's the way the car market's working today.
2: It is today. That's that's, that's amazing.
1: That's well, amazing. We you know what
0: back in the old days you couldn't trust that it would be good, you know. Now now everything's reliable and mm. you know so and the consumers are just so used to buying stuff. People are buying houses online on their phone, you know? So yeah,
1: yeah. it's a new world. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but it's a fun place to be. And um, we're so happy that people like you are are in it, Dan. Um, This has been a great discussion. We really appreciate your, we really appreciate your time and your responses. And um, I don't I think we'll have to we'll have to get Dan back on the show, don't you think, Bob? Maybe we'll absolutely you know maybe we'll bring a few a couple more automotive people and we'll just do an automotive yeah.
0: podcast. That would that would be
1: fun. We go. Well this I is one of those really, topics. That'd be really cool.
0: As as Dan knows, I know this. The minute you say you work at a car company, you get everybody's story about buying or shopping for a car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a hot one. <laughs> Well, We're trying okay. to
2: change those stories. We're trying yeah. to change those no. stories. And, right? I, and
1: I think you are, you know, and I think some of it's being driven by what Amazon and technology has done and and, 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 and the rest by, by people that actually really care about the consumer. So thanks again for being on the show. And listeners, thanks for tuning in, whether it was full intentional or fully by mistake. We're glad <laughs> you joined us. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer.
0: Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.